Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter account at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform of choice, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we're going to be continuing our series of our nice little prime young prospects and players who I think uh, really stand to have a chance at high-impact, long-career success in the NHL. We've already covered a number of wingers, centers, defensemen, and goalies who are already at the NHL level, but these next picks are going to be guys who are uh, maybe prospects either abroad or in the U.S. or in Canada as well. Some of these players have already had a cup of tea in the NHL, but not anything that I would put outside of, uh, you know, a prospect status. Before we dig into that list, though, I think it's important to talk a little bit about an article that came out today from The Athletic where Ken Weeb of uh, the Winnipeg Jets coverage team talked about some defensemen that the Jets might target at the trade deadline. His list has a few names that stick out. There are your usual depth guys like Dylan DeMello and I think Alec Martinez at this point in his career. Uh, Martinez is not bad, he's just on the older side, and I don't know that he's the kind of guy who really makes uh, Winnipeg's defensive unit any better than it already is. He's not like Lucas Abisar or Anthony Batetto, and he definitely brings offensive value, but beyond that, yeah, I mean, Martinez is what he is. Dylan DeMello is probably the more interesting of those two between those guys' names. DeMello was somebody who I was hoping that the Jets would get out of San Jose when he was on the market. Uh, Ottawa ended up acquiring him. I'm not sure if it was through free agency or like a low draft pick or something. But uh, DeMello would have been an interesting pick had the Jets gotten him already. He would be fine if if they picked him up now. I think that he's actually, well, he'd probably slot in as our second or third best defenseman. Uh, But, you know, whether or not the Sens are going to let him go is... Hard to say. I mean, their roster is kind of thin as it is. The bigger names on the list, though, start with Damon Severson, and I think Severson is a really hard guy for me to figure out because I don't really know if Severson is capable of being an actual defenseman anymore. There was a time when I thought Damon was actually very good, um, a high-end offensive defenseman in the mold of Jacob Truba. Good skating, great shot, sharp vision, all of these things that seemed like they would have been a good fit for what Winnipeg needed, but I don't know. Ever since Severson started getting top four time, past couple of years, he's been a very strange player. His defensive impact looks terrible. Um, His offensive impact is kind of mediocre. I just don't know if he's really all that great of an NHLer. Technique-wise, he ticks off a lot of boxes, but as far as his actual on-ice performance is concerned, I'm not really sure where he stands, developmentally speaking. He's 25 years old, and he probably doesn't have all that much upside. I, I think the most that the Jets could hope for is that he would have some kind of turnaround in his career like Neil Pionk, but I think Pionk is more an exception than the rule, and I wouldn't want to keep taking those gambles on guys who are signed to big money deals uh, and, and have a, as big of a cap hit as Damon Severson does. I, at one point, really did think Severson would be a good fit, but these days, I would probably give him a, a bit of a wider berth. The next name on the list is Colin Miller, who I've talked about at length just because he's one of the few term targets that I think the Jets really could take a gamble on and and pay off decently well. If they got him for like, I don't know, a low first or a higher second pick, which is um, close to what Buffalo paid, I think the Jets would be doing okay. He's got a couple of years on his contract. He's a right right shot D with um, good underlying metrics and it looks like on ice results. 
although he hasn't really played that much this season, and I think that is general performance in Buffalo is probably not where the Jets were hoping it would be. He's, uh, he's a pretty decent guy. I think that he probably tops out at this point at, at like a 3 or a 4D, which the Jets really could use because they barely have a 1D as it is. Their best defender this season is currently playing in Finland, so the Jets are kind of in a bit of a tough spot. Miller would, you know, probably slot in on the first pairing alongside Morrissey, I would think almost immediately, or if not, you know, at least the second pairing. I think I would be okay with seeing, like, Morrissey Pionk, and then maybe Kulikov Miller, something like that. The third pairing is still going to be something of a disaster, but at least you can fortify your top four with a pretty decent second pairing defenseman. The last name on the list is the guy that I really don't want to see the most out of all of them, and that is Rasmus Ristolainen, who's kind of a very puzzling enigma, at least to everyone on the outside of um, the statistics community. Ristolainen is not really a defenseman in so much as he is basically a scoring forward who can generate a lot of empty calorie points and and generate a lot of shots on goal, but his defensive impact and and IQ and positioning are all pretty terrible. He really only scores at an elite rate at one end of the ice, and then on the other end of the ice, he just allows a ton of offensive scoring opportunities against. And for a guy his size, he really doesn't use his physicality all that much. From what I've personally seen of him, I find him to be a very passive skater. He kind of has the Tyler Myers thing of, of really poor gap coverage. And I don't know, I just don't see him as like a really good top four defenseman. I think if you have him in limited minutes as like a a 4 or a 5D and a guy who's probably going to be more of a power play specialist, Ristolainen makes a ton of sense, but he's also not signed to a contract that says that, and he generally gets top pairing minutes. There's just nothing in his profile that speaks to the fact that he is a number 1D, and if the Jets were to acquire him, he wouldn't be cheap at all. You know, I, I know that Ken in the comments actually said that the best case scenario for him would be to become another Neil Pionk because he thinks that he might be um, something of a salvage project. And Ken thought that his season in Buffalo, this year at least, has been pretty good. My general take on that is I, I think Ristolainen is still roughly the same defensively anemic player that he's always been. He's capable of creating a lot of offensive opportunities, and he's got a huge shot. And it's not like he can't skate or anything, it's just... I don't think that he uses his his physical traits and size um, or even his defensive acumen in a way that really limits opportunities against. And for a guy being paid as much as he is, he's got to bring more to the table in his his own end of the ice. He's, like, not the worst defenseman I've ever seen. Obviously, Lucas Abisa and Anthony Boteto aren't going to be beating him out anytime soon, and neither is Nate Beaulieu. But um, relative to total value, I mean... Even Dmitry Kulikov has been a better, at least shutdown defenseman in his own end this season than, than Ristolainen has been. So I think on the whole, I'm pretty lukewarm about that. Um, it would cost the Jets at least a first, uh, but very likely a whole package of, of a pick and a prospect and probably a roster player or something, which for me is just, I don't have any interest in that because whoever Winnipeg would give up would probably be at least in the long run better than whatever Ristolainen would do for the Jets. You know, if they get him and he somehow lights it up or something, maybe I end up being wrong, but I think my gut instinct is that I would want to steer clear. Pionk is kind of an exception because the Jets got their own first back, and Pionk was somebody who I think um, sort of defied the odds in some respects with just how decent he's been for the Jets, but I would not bank on that being a repeatable style of development, especially with somebody like uh, 
uh, Ristolainen, who's kind of set in what he is. With our Jets news out of the way, it is time to return to our fun, young, prime prospects and players. So we're going to start off with a couple of wingers, all of whom are either... Well, actually, a lot of them are overseas at this point. Uh, A couple of them are stateside, so we'll start with the guys who are overseas first. And I think the first one that I want to cover is Niels Hoglander, who is one of Vancouver's young prospects. Hoglander is somebody who just exudes offensive talent and supreme attacking ability. Hoglander was somebody who I thought the Jets might take a stab at if they could even get him, but Niels is a fantastic skater. He's got an excellent shot. He's got a really creative way of attacking space, and some of the goals that he's pulled off, especially overseas, have just been sensational. When he was caught up to the uh, World Junior Sweden team, it was clear Hoglander was just a cut above the rest. Niels is a fantastic offensive force, and I feel like Vancouver is going to be so thrilled to have him anchoring their top six. If you put him alongside Pettersson, I think that there's just going to be magic. Hoglander is still, you know, a a bit of a prospect in progress, but I think his days in the NHL are going to be coming a lot sooner than some of the other guys. Last season, he put up 14 points in 50 games with Rogel, but this season, he's already got 12 in 26 games. Uh, So he's going to be a really interesting prospect to track. He's not a huge kid, but he's, I don't know, he's like 5'9 and about just under a bit under 200 pounds with a, a kind of a compact frame and a lot of physical strength. I feel like he could be a nasty little power winger with a great shot. He might have some of, you know, Alex Tuck's physicality, but, you know, he's got a really, really high work rate. And married to his great shot, his excellent stick handling, his excellent vision, I feel like Hoglander is going to be a special power forward that we don't often see. A lot of guys in his style tend to be grinders more than anything, but Hoglander has a high amount of skill which would make him what I always wished Adam Lowry was, which is a really gifted attacking forward who can actually capitalize on the fact that he creates so much space with his forechecking. If he's going to be on the end of Elias Petrosian passes, I would hate to be the team playing Vancouver in that game. Coming in at the 40th overall pick, I think Hoglander might be a steal for Vancouver, and he's very clearly one of the best prospects coming out of that class. Last on our overseas list is actually a German player, which we don't really see many German prospects who have high NHL potential. We've seen Moritz Seider, who was drafted by Detroit, if I recall correctly. Um, And Seider is... He, at the time, I thought was overdrafted by the Red Wings, but he looks like a very good, you know, top four NHL defenseman down the road. But the guy I kind of wanted to highlight is actually Dominic Bach. And Bach um, saw a really high uptick in his draft stock in the season or two before he ended up getting picked. He was picked up 25th overall by the St. Louis Blues, and the Blues have actually had pretty decent success finding talents later in the first round. But Bach is kind of interesting because he really dominated the lower tier German circuits for many years, but finally made his professional, I guess, Swedish debut a couple of seasons ago when he was, I believe, on loan to the Vio Lakers. I think he had something like 23 points in those games for them, which as I believe in either either an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old is really impressive no matter how you slice it. This season, his points totals haven't really been all that impressive. He's playing for Rogel, uh, and he's had like, I don't know, 10 points in 30 games, which is kind of a, a little bit atypical of his usual production. He likes scoring a lot, and it's always been a habit of his to, to just rack up points at all situations. So, you know, for a 19-year-old, especially in the SHL, it can be hard to earn ice time. And I feel like 
when it's once he comes over to North America, either this the end of this year or early next, I think he's going to be very good in the AHL at least. With a bit more physical development and continued training and improvement, I feel like he has the offensive instincts to be a really terrific force for his new NHL team, the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's just put it this way, if Carolina decided to trade Justin Falk for him and also pick up Joel Edmondson in the process, then you can probably guess that Bach has something special that the Canes tend to like. Uh, Carolina is very good at, at scouting Scandinavian players and just European talents in general. Bach is playing in a European league that they've already had experience with, and though he's still a little bit on the raw side, I feel like he's going to be a staple of their top six in the next few seasons. You know, Bach is, again, still a teenager, which, when you consider his production at the SHL level, with probably what amounts to, you know, more limited ice time than you would probably expect, I think Bach has a lot of potential to be a really successful NHLer. There is one other guy who, you know, Jets fans really won't need much of an introduction in, and that's going to be David Gustafson. And I feel like if, you, if you've if you seen any hype about David Gustafson, you probably already know why he's going to be a pivotal part of Winnipeg's future. But long story short is, he's basically Adam Lowry with really sharp uh, distribution instincts, uh, a bit of an underrated shot, but he doesn't really have the world's best edge work, and I feel like a lot of times people felt that his skating was one of the things holding him back. The thing with skating, though, is barring a few exceptions, you can usually fix that with uh, some really intense training regimens and processes that can, you know, rehab somebody's skating abilities and get them up to NHL speed. So, as far as that's concerned, I'm not really worried. His stride hasn't massively improved since he was drafted, but again, I don't think it's the kind of thing where it's going to be much of a hindrance to him. Where Gustafson really stands apart from a lot of other prospects is just how smart he is. He's kind of in the mold of like a shutdown two-way center with some very good underrated offensive instincts and an ability to generate a lot of individual shots. Gus is kind of a big kid too, so he has the frame. He's got you know, a very mature pro-style game, and I feel like once he acclimates to the North American climate a bit more, which I believe he's doing now with the Manitoba Moose, there's genuinely a lot to like about David's game. And, you know, again, as he continues to get more comfortable on North American ice and, and really familiarize himself with the Jets' system, I feel like he has a lot of upside. Winnipeg really hasn't had a second-line center in a while that they can reliably call a second-line center because the guys that they've cast in that role really haven't been what you might call actual second-line centers or even fringe first-liners. Most of the guys have been doing it by committee, or if they were cast in that role, they really aren't those second-line centers anymore, and their offensive and defensive impacts have decreased as they've aged out. My dream scenario is at some point Gust Gustafson becomes that kind of player, but, you know, obviously it's a little bit early to say if he's going to be that. However, his trajectory and development looks pretty promising, and I think, based on his preseason and training camp results, it's clear that he is getting closer to taking that next step in his development cycle. Before we continue on with our show, there's a brief PSA that I wanted to give you guys a heads up on. If you've been a listener of this podcast, you've probably heard about some of the great advertising opportunities that Locked On has been partnering with sponsors to work on and facilitate. What you may not know, though, is that Locked On Winnipeg Jets is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Winnipeg Jets fans who are just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach fans in your local jurisdiction on a routine basis. These aren't your ordinary podcast listeners either. They're Locked On podcast listeners. And if you're looking to connect with Jets fans who are predominantly male, well-educated, and with disposable income, then feel free to reach out and get in touch with Locked On podcasts as soon as possible. Local fans always enjoy connecting and supporting local businesses. 
Be sure to text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and give us a shout. Our team will work with you step by step to make sure that your Locked On advertising program is as successful as possible. Again, please be sure to text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Kicking off our final stretch of prospects, I feel like we're going to have to take another one that Jets fans are very, you know, very familiar with at this stage because he's already had a cup of tea at the NHL level, and I would say that he has more than proven that he's ready for the next step. I am, of course, referring to Vili Heinola, who already looks like our best defenseman and he's only played like nine games at the NHL level. It's probably more a testament to the fact that the Jets literally have, like, three serviceable NHLers at this point, but Heinola is still an exceptional prospect for a couple of reasons, and I think the first is, kind of like Gustafsson, Heinola is very, very smart. He has some of the highest play-reading IQ you'll see from a defenseman, and his positioning, especially when he was at his peak in a couple of games that he played, was absolutely impeccable. This kid straight up shut down McDavid on a couple of nice rush opportunities and really had the positioning and wherewithal to essentially cut down shooting lanes, um, force McDavid into shooting angles and passing lanes that really weren't advantageous. And he always tracked with McDavid, which is very hard to do because Connor has some of the best edge work I've seen of any player in the history of the NHL. So being in lockstep and keeping him at least within arm's reach is really no easy task, much less for a kid who's like 18. Heinola also showcased a low-key, underrated offensive game with very smart passing and a deceptive shot that, I think, could pay dividends down the road, especially if he starts quarterbacking the power play. Vili is very good, and I don't mean that as a biased fan. I mean, like, he is a top-tier, elite, possibly franchise prospect. We'll see how his development tracks. I heard heard this year that um, his recent stay in Liga hasn't been as uh, fortuitous as we'd probably like, but... We already know that at the NHL level, this kid can can ball, so I'm not too worried about it. Another guy that Toronto fans, who I think apparently some of them were freaking out about his development trajectory, uh, is is Timothy Liljegren, which I kind of find puzzling because Liljegren is honestly one of the best prospects who's not in the NHL, although he might have actually gotten a call-up recently. I forget if he's still with the Marlies or not. Liljegren is another Swedish prospect, also hailing from Rogel, which seems to be a factory these days. Uh, But this kid is amazing. When he had Mono a couple of seasons ago, he was still putting up like a ridiculous points total for a teenager, especially a teenage defenseman, in a men's league. Timothy is just an excellent offensive two-way defenseman with really sharp attacking acumen. He's got great positioning. Like, his defensive work is still a little bit, you know, in progress. His his positioning on odd man situations and rushes is still kind of like, you know, one of those things that he's working on. But Lilligren's... I think his potential was sky high, and Toronto really has, I would say, a bona fide first-pairing prospect in him. He doesn't quite have the same physical limitations as someone like Heinola, so he kind of has a nice little advantage in that not only is he intelligent, but he's got good physical traits to be really a dominant two-way defenseman in the NHL. This season, in 35 games, he's racked up 26 points, which, for the Marlies, that's kind of nuts, especially as a 20-year-old. Any Leafs fan who isn't massively excited about this kid has honestly got blinders on because Liljegren is probably one of the best defensive prospects, again, who's not in the NHL. He's, like, right there with Heinola in overall impact, and I feel like he's going to be a really special player 
and and somebody that you can really rely on on your first pairing long term. Another Ontario franchise has been blessed to have a guy who's probably on the same level as Lily Greniff, maybe not even a little bit more advanced in some capacities, and that guy is Eric Brandstrom, who's currently in the Ottawa system after the Eric Carlson trade. Brandstrom is really gifted. When he was splitting time with the Belleville Senators and the Ottawa Senators this year, in the AHL he had almost a point a game, had like 13 points in 14 matches. So uh, Brandstrom's a really smart attacking skater. He's got great lateral skating. He's got great vision, great passing. He's a very smooth player. He's got very sharp offensive instincts, a nice shot. He's just a complete package, and I feel like Brandstrom's breakout into the NHL is really not going to take that long. I was kind of gutted when he ended up getting traded from Vegas, and heh, I just realized I said it was a Carlson trade. Sorry, it was the Mark Stone deal, but uh, Car- uh, Stone and Carlson, jeez. For some reason, I'm getting these guys mixed up this today. Just apologies, it's going to happen for some reason, because I always get annoyed whenever I talk about Pacific teams, especially when they take players that I like. But Brandstrom, I think some people were calling him the next Eric Carlson, which is probably a little bit much, but... Brandstrom has really, really high upside, and I think he's another top-pairing defensive prospect. He's not a huge kid, but he doesn't really need to be. He's such a smart skater, and he can really create a ton of offense, so I think Ottawa, as he kind of continues to acclimate at the NHL level, is going to be really happy to have him on board. This dude is genuinely someone that you can assemble a decor around, and they already have Thomas Shabbat anchoring you know, their first pairing, so Brandstrom should just slide right in. And down the road, I think he's going to be a really dominant player. This is the first guy I've mentioned who's not actually played for Vio from the Swedish League. I think all of the SHL players that I've mentioned came out of Vio, or not Vio, uh, from Rogel this, this year, which is kind of funny. I don't know why Rogel keeps producing so many good players, but Rogel, Vio, and uh, who is it? Uh, Frölundal are all factories these days, man. If you want a top-tier prospect, Look at those three teams. They just keep bumping them out. All right, guys, thanks for hanging around for our wonderful prospect talk. I hope you guys have had a great day, and thanks for listening. As always, enjoy your evening, and go Jets go.